Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Welcome to episode number four of Want to Want It. I just got back from a business mastermind in California with Jody Moore and 24 of the most amazing, inspiring people. And I'm feeling so excited about the work that I do in the world and about my business. It's just been so fantastic. I kind of compare it to General Conference. For those of you who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints every six months, we have general conference and we get to hear from the prophets and apostles and leaders of the church. And I always feel like it's just this huge spiritual renewal and I'm more committed to living the gospel and we're excited about it. And I just feel really capable. And that's what this mastermind was like for me and my business. So just makes me feel really excited and inspired. And I want a little bit of a high in my coaching practice. So it feels like every coaching session is just super fun. And I'm loving watching my clients as their lives are changing. It just all feels super amazing. So. I want to take those good vibes to my episode today that I am calling Love Languages, the Double-Edged Sword. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And he talks about these five categories of love languages where when people speak them, it speaks love to somebody. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And the basic premise is that if you understand what somebody's love language is and you make an effort to speak it or to do that thing, then they are going to feel loved by you. And so for the purpose of today's episode, I am using it just solely in the context of marriage. Now, I have... A kind of a love-hate relationship with the five love languages because I think it can be super fantastic for a marriage, but I also feel like it can be a relationship killer. So there was a time in my own marriage when I really started to dislike love languages. And I think it was because both my husband and I were kind of using them against each other instead of for each other. So I decided that maybe love languages are kind of a bad idea to tie yourself to. But as I learned more and looked at love languages from a new perspective, probably from the perspective that they were intended to be viewed from, I see how they can build really a stronger marriage. So I called it a double-edged sword, but I think love languages can be like a hammer. They can either tear your marriage apart or build it up. So to start, I just want to go through three ways that I see people using the five love languages against their marriage. And then I will share with you how I think you can turn it all around and use it for your marriage. So the first way that I see people using the five love languages against their marriage is when they use them as evidence of how their spouse is flawed, not good enough not doing it right, not giving them what they want, kind of that story. So for example, I remember one woman saying to me, it's just so irritating to me because my husband knows that acts of service is my love language, 
But it's like he refuses to do things for me and to speak that language to me. Or how many of you have a husband whose love language is physical touch and they mostly want that shown through sex? So if you aren't having sex with him when he wants it, then he has this whole story of how you must not really love him because sex is how he feels loved and you're not giving him as as much as you should and therefore you're not really being a good enough wife. Maybe your love language is quality time. And so you say to your spouse, hey, I really feel loved when you give me time and you let me tell you about all of my worries. So your spouse is like, oh, okay, I can do that. But the whole time you're talking, you kind of get this feeling he's really having to force himself to spend this time and it doesn't feel natural. And you're actually getting mad at him as it goes on because he's exerting this effort to speak your love language and you feel like, this should be easy for him. If he really loved me, then it should be easy for him to speak my love language. Can you see how easy it is to start to use love languages against your spouse? How you can just use it as more evidence that they don't love you and they're not interested in you? Stop using love languages as a way to ignore all the good your spouse does do for you. Like the woman who felt like acts of service was her love language and her husband wasn't speaking it to her, by focusing so much on what he wasn't doing, she was missing what he was doing for her. Some women who complain about their husbands not giving them acts of service, they have a husband who is the sole breadwinner in their home while they stay home with their children. Now, it's not because either of those jobs is more important than the other. But you could say that a husband who works outside of his home to provide for the temporal needs of his family is doing a huge act of service every day. Or what about the tender kiss he gives you at the end of the day or the gratitude he shows for something that you did for him or the flowers he brings home or how he listened when you told him about your toddler flooding the bathroom again. When you get so hyper-focused on the one and only way you can feel loved, You miss out on all the other ways your spouse is speaking love to you every day. It's a similar situation with a man or a woman who feels like physical touch, specifically sex, is how they feel loved. By being so strict about that, they miss out on so much of the love that's coming their way. Plus, it just adds to a story about how insufficient their spouse is. And this is never going to build your marriage. It's just going to tear it down. The second way that I see people use the five love languages to tear down their marriage is when they use it to manipulate their spouse and to manipulate their emotions. So here's an example. I'm going to speak my husband's love language and then he's going to know that I love him for sure and then he's going to have to love me and then he's going to speak my love language and then I get to feel loved. Can you see how I'm going to do this for you because you're going to come back and do this for me and then I'm going to be able to feel how I want to feel? Or if I do what he wants, then he's going to be happy all the time and we're going to have this happy marriage. If I just speak his love language all the time, he's never going to be grumpy again and we're never going to struggle again. If you're trying to speak your spouse's love language so that they can feel loved and then they will have to show you love and then you will get to feel loved, that is manipulation. You aren't doing it to love them. You are doing it so that they will love you, so that you can feel like you are lovable and worthy. It really isn't genuine. You're making it about you and not them. And it is incredibly disappointing when you put all of your effort in and it isn't reciprocated. In fact, it's devastating because you are putting all your chance of being worthy of love on them, giving back what you had given to them. 
Or if you're speaking their love language so that they'll be happy all the time, but it doesn't work. That is so frustrating. I have experienced this. I just truly believed that if I spoke my husband's love language, then he would be happy. But I was continually disappointed because I would make that effort. And then not two hours later, he's getting after my kids or snapping at me. And I just felt so completely confused because I honestly thought that by speaking his love language, I could control his emotions. But here's what I've learned. You cannot manipulate how someone feels. You cannot make someone feel loved or happy or even loving towards you. It's impossible for me to take a feeling and place it inside someone's body. What you think creates feelings in your body. If you think, my husband loves me, you will feel loved. If you think, my husband doesn't care about me, you will feel disappointed and less than and sad. The same thing goes for your spouse. What he or she thinks is what creates the feelings in their body, not what you do. Now, by speaking your spouse's love language, you definitely can increase the chance that they will feel loved or happy, but it doesn't guarantee it. So if you are using love languages to try and manipulate your spouse's feelings or to try to get something for yourself, it is never going to work and it will end up doing more damage to your marriage than good. The third way that I see people use love languages to tear down their marriage is when they make the love language responsible to create their self-love. So many people need outside validation to feel any sort of love for themselves. And I have struggled with this all of my life. This idea of, if you love me, then maybe I have permission to love myself. So it's super easy to say, if my spouse speaks my love language, then that means that he loves me. And then maybe I can love myself. But this is so much pressure to put on the love language. And that's why it becomes extra devastating when you don't feel like your spouse is speaking your love language. Because not only do you worry that they don't love you, but if they don't love you, then you no longer have any business loving yourself. Self-love does not come from what other people do or say to you. It comes from within yourself. It comes from what you choose to believe about yourself, regardless of what is happening in the world around you. You have permission to love yourself completely. That's called unconditional love. This is what God has for you, and that's what you can have for yourself. Practice giving yourself permission to love you no matter what. And as a side note, instead of worrying if your spouse is speaking your love language to you, why don't you take responsibility to speak it to yourself? Do words of affirmation fill you up? Then start talking kindly to yourself. Thank yourself for all you do and give yourself credit for the contributions you make in the world. If receiving gifts speaks love to you, buy yourself something special just for you. You don't have to wait for your spouse to start speaking your love language to feel self-love. Speak your love language to yourself first. Okay, so we've been through the ways that we can use love languages against our marriage, like as evidence that our spouse or our marriage isn't right, or try to manipulate someone's emotion or withholding self-love, those things are never going to strengthen our marriage. So now I'm going to share with you one of the ways that I think the five love languages can really strengthen your marriage and build it to what you want it to be. And I feel like the best way to do that is to use the love languages as a guide to how you want to show up as a spouse in your marriage. So here's what I mean. You could say to yourself, I want to learn my husband's love language. 
I want to get really good at speaking it because I want him to know that he matters to me and that I love him. I'm not doing it to make him feel anything. I'm doing it because that's the kind of wife I want to be. I want to be a wife that intentionally speaks love to my husband every day. I know that I'm going to show him love in all different ways, but I want to get good at this because it's just the type of woman and wife I want to be. It helps me be my best self in my marriage. It doesn't matter to me if my husband isn't happy all the time. I'm just doing this because I love him and it's how I want to show that love. It doesn't matter if he doesn't reciprocate with my love language. I'm doing this so that I can be a better wife. I'm doing it for him. I'm not doing it for me. And even though I know I cannot make him feel love, I know when I speak his love language, it increases the chances that he will feel loved. It just makes it easier for him to think that I love him and then to feel that feeling of love in his body. So can you see how there's no manipulation in this? It's just using the love languages to become the kind of spouse you want to be. And it's not tied to anything else. It's totally free, which is the best way to love people and to share love is just freely, not with coercion or by force. So this approach to love languages actually builds your marriage because no matter what, you will love your spouse better as you strive to become a better spouse. And I also just want to make a quick note that you may have a love language that you think is your strongest, but that may look different from day to day. So I would say that my main love language is quality time, but it actually doesn't speak love to me the same every day. Sometimes what I actually need is this t time to myself and the act of service my husband gives me by getting everybody to bed so that I can have a minute speaks volumes to me. Or sometimes what I really need are those words of affirmation and belief and confidence that he has in me that I really need to borrow from him to get through my next scary task. And when he gives it to me, it means more to me than any time he could have given me. And other days, I really want the physical touch, the intimacy and the connection it brings. Sometimes what I want is a bouquet of flowers. I, I just want to mention this again, because I think we can get hyper-focused on what our love language is to the detriment of ourselves and what we actually really need in the moment. And I think we can also get so hyper-focused on our spouse's love language that we don't use other ways to speak love that may be more appropriate for the circumstances at the time. I do just want to take a really selfish, quick moment to give a shout out and a thank you to my husband, Jared. As I said, quality time is probably the category that speaks love to me the loudest. And so because of that, I really do want to spend time with my husband. And in some ways, it's been super easy for him to give that to me. And in other ways, it hasn't come quite as naturally as I thought it should. And certainly when he was in undergrad and medical school and residency, I really felt like quality time was lacking. I was super lonely. It was just a really hard time. But over the years, I felt like he has made such big efforts throughout our marriage to give me lots of quality time because I just love to have conversations with him. I don't want to just be heard. I want to hear him. I want to hear about his day and his stresses and his dreams. And he's so good to share with me. And he's so good to allow me to share with him as well. I'm somebody who doesn't love a long car ride, but I really love one with him because we just get to talk and connect with each other and spend time together. He is the master vacation planner. 
And I just love when he and I go on a vacation together and experience a new area of the world. It is so fantastic. So I just love him and so thankful that he has just gotten better and better at prioritizing our time together and, and better and better at allowing me to share so much of myself in that time. In my coaching practice, I have had tons of opportunity to help them and clean up their thoughts about love languages. And I've been able to teach them ways to use those tools and others for their specific situation instead of against it. So every week in my calendar, I open up a few free mini coaching sessions. It's just about 25 minutes that I can help somebody change their perspective on their marriage and see how maybe they're using a tool against themselves instead of for themselves. If you are interested in one of these spots, then just head over to my website, jamelinstephan.com, and there's a button there to book a free consultation, it might say mini session, and click on that button. It will take you to my calendar and you can book one of those spots. I would love to meet you and help you on a more individual level with some of these kind of problems. Remember, the five love languages aren't the end-all be-all for your marriage. They are just one tool in your toolbox that you can use to strengthen your marriage. So use it wisely. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelinstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelinstephancoaching.com.